0: Dennis Prager with Julie Hartman. It's known as Dennis and Julie for that reason. Hi Jules.
1: Hey, I'm so happy to be back.
0: You're happy to be back? <laughs> I know Are you're happy I'm back.
1: Yes. Well I'm happy that oh, we're, the happy we're back. Oh the happy that we're the, back. We're back. No, no, no that's, that's very
0: fair. I am I am too. So I it's an interesting thing. We probably won't say anything about the midterm elections. I know. Isn't that interesting?
1: It is, because we don't not. We that's don't really not, go there.
0: Right, that's right.
1: I, I think I, I would hope that that's refreshing for the viewer, because we're just bombarded exactly. nowadays by politics. That's right.
0: And anyway, I have my own talk show. You have your own podcast. And we're liberated. Yes. That, that's the beauty. That's the word. And I think that's the appeal of, of what we do here. So anyway, I want to tell you a little bit, a little bit about Denmark.
1: Before you do, I'm so sorry. Got to get rid of this fork. We need to liberate our set of the fork.
0: Did you throw it away?
1: No, I put it right here. Oh. I I don't know why we need a fork on our set, my dear, but again, it's the woman in me.
0: I'm trying to think of a reason why we would need a fork on the set. (laughs)
1: It is such an improvement from what the set looked like 10 minutes ago, so I'm happy. Didn't we do
0: a video of that, actually? We did.
1: We actually did. So look at our Instagram, at DennisJuliePod. We did a video of what it looked like before we started filming.
0: Did I, did I not mention, I don't, I don't want to say it again if I did mention it, what Alison Armstrong... We talked about this so the last she, show. Yes, that's because what you had rubber
1: bands on the set the last yes, show. And, and now
0: and there's a fork. She, well, what the hell? I'll say it again. Just she mentioned to me once, when she goes into her bedroom and sees her bed, the pillow talks to her and says, "Fix me." Totally. And I realize that anyone who says men and women are basically the same <laughs> yeah. is an idiot. There's no Retweet. other. There's no other possible. Adjective. Yes. Okay. So now the fork's gone. It's gone. We can talk. Uh, exactly. Because it's not saying, it's Move not screaming me. out to it's me. It's not anymore. screaming. That's right. It, it's right. Inanimate objects don't scream out at me. They well, are. you're a
1: healthy person and a well, man.
0: And a, both, yes. So, <laughs> yes, healthy. That's right. Uh, so, a few words. For those who don't know, I just came back from Denmark. I was there for five days. I lectured at the Danish Parliament, not to the Danish Parliament, I don't want to overstate, but a member of the Danish Parliament secured a beautiful room there for me to lecture. Uh, about 150 people came. So you and I discussed this, and I think it's worthy of mentioning publicly. So there were two ways of reacting mm-hmm. if you're Dennis Prager. if. Uh, I, I'm, I have no relationship as such with Denmark, obviously. And here I am in Denmark. I got a free speech a prize from the Free Press Society, which is a lovely thing. But what what is much more meaningful is at least a hundred and fifty Danes were there to hear me speak. So, on the one hand. I can say that's really look at that. What I want most in life to touch people's lives is happening. Look at look at this turnout in Denmark. And on the other hand, of course, I think, 150 people.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: And I I will not live long enough to resolve that tension. PragerU has a billion views a year, and all More. I think is more and all I think is hey, there are 7 billion people on earth
1: I know, I feel it too it's it's really difficult to not feel it, but one of the things that I said to Dennis off air when we were talking about this is, first of all, obviously you've such an immense quantity of people who you've touched, even though you wish it could be more, we have to acknowledge that it's it's enormous but also, what's unique about you is that is the quality component. Because when you do touch someone's life, you transform their whole life. I'm living proof of that. The woman who wrote to you, you you called her your Danish Julie. Dennis met this wonderful girl um, in Denmark. What is she, 25 years old? 30. Oh, 30. And she wrote this email to Dennis, which Dennis forwarded to me about the way that... uh, Oh, that
0: was a a woman in America. Oh. oh, that was not the Danish girl. Oh, I woman. thought that was the Danish Man, girl. I right, well, Totally understand. Well, you know what? No.
1: It actually it actually proves my point. A, the, the quantity point and the quality
0: point. Oh, that's interesting.
1: So there was – apparently this girl was American, but she wrote this incredible that's email about is, the way yeah, that Dennis 25. has touched her. And so you
0: – Right.
1: You don't touch people in one way. You revolutionize their whole lives. And I don't care that it's a compliment. It's true.
0: So – I probably have said this, but I want to get rid of this topic because it's sort of like a woman talking about her looks. (laughs) It's very self-conscious and stuff. I understand. Right. But that's why I think I'm on earth, is to touch people's lives for the better. That's what I wrote in my diary in high school. I'm living my diary in high school. So, anyway enough of that I just want to say about Denmark that it was very it was a very rewarding thing and the the reason that I, I accepted this I don't I don't generally accept awards uh, it's just not my thing I, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that people offer them but I wanted to go and meet people in Denmark I just wanted the experience and I wanted Sue and me to have the experience and and indeed we had a great time together and we had a great time because we met terrific people. I just have to say this. I knew very early in life how insignificant blood is compared to values and love. That's why it was a non-issue for me to adopt a child It never occurred to me would I love my adopted like I love my biologic. It never occurred to me I thought it was a stupid question which of course it turned out to be. Uh, But what does this have to do with Denmark? It has a lot to do with it. I met people whose backgrounds are completely different from mine. They grew up in Denmark. Uh, They're they're either Christian or, in, in, in any event, none of them were Jews. And I grew up an Orthodox Jew in Brooklyn, New York. It's pretty different from being uh, an unaffiliated Protestant in Denmark. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? Everything is different. I felt so close to the people that I met this past week, so close. Everything is values. Everything. I don't understand blood is thicker. What is it? Blood is thicker than water? What is mm-hmm. that what is this? Yeah. is that what it is? Yeah. What does that even mean? Who who really and, and how many people actually believe that? I remember asking audiences, raise your hand. Would you rather if you ha- if you were stuck for 6 month uh, 6 months on a desert island, how many of you would take a relative and how many of you would take a friend? And by the way, this is no knock on relatives. Mm -hmm. I I have some wonderful, beloved relatives. But you you choose friends and relatives are given to you.
1: So I'm pulling out this notebook because yesterday I, I had this day where I decided to take a day off from work and just journal. Because every single day I'm trying to read and write, and you know I've made everything professional. I just decided to do some reflection. So I'm pulling this out because I wrote about this, and it echoes exactly what you're saying.
0: Wow! So we're hearing your journal. Yes. Oh, that, this is how this that's... is how
1: intimate the Dennis and Julie yes, podcast that, is. I'm, no, I'm that's why I am reading you. Of course, not everything, but I'm going to read to you this part because it's literally exactly what you're saying. Um. Okay. Well, forgive me as I find it. There's a lot of stuff here that I wrote
0: about. Yeah, you did write a lot.
1: As you can see. Well, it shows you how much I wanted to do it. Okay, so I was writing on this subject of the importance of values and f- and how my vocation in life is to find people who share my values and find those, those truly rare and unique people who have an elevated understanding of life. And so... I wrote this thing and I said, my old self would say, you know, if I were at a wedding or a, an event, put me next to the most famous and successful person in the room. My new self says, put me next to the realest, most genuine person in the room. If he's a janitor and he's the most real and genuine person, I want to be next to him. The key to life is finding genuine people. And then I write more and I say, um... I talk about wanting – sometimes I feel uh, like I should act my own age, like I should go to bars or you know go out to clubs because I don't do that. I go to Shabbat dinner table with you and other 50-, 60-, and 70-year-olds, and I was writing about this kind of internal conflict I have, and then I said – why would and then I realized no I, I should I should again just try to seek these genuine people instead of going out to a bar and I wrote why would I go out to a bar to find more of the same kind of putrid human beings that surround us all those ghosts those conventional desperate empty enslaved shadows of human beings clearly that's a little harsh but it's true I've got to somehow balance enjoying my youth while also finding the most genuine people people like Dennis people who have unlocked an elevated understanding of life. Ready for this? This is exactly what you're saying. I said, I need to go to church, synagogue, AA meetings, anywhere. I need to find and cherish those people however they come. That's I'm realizing that that's why I love Dennis and why Dennis loves me so much. Even though I'm a 23-year-old Christian female and he's a 74-year-old Jewish male, we cherish finding those treasures of people regardless of how they come. That's right. Is that not exactly what you just said? A, blood doesn't matter. I mean, of course, in some way it does. Not so, you have to honor your family. Right, right. But blood does not matter. Correct. Age doesn't matter. Right. Race doesn't matter. That's right. Religion doesn't yes. go out, whether it's in Denmark, whether it's in L.A. And anyway, I didn't mean to make it about me. I know you were just talking about Denmark, and I feel kind of narcissistic no, pulling out this it, journal. No, it was
0: not narcissistic, and it was beautiful. It's exactly yes, what you were just exactly saying. exactly right. You wrote exactly what I was saying. When you realize what's important, nothing else is important.
1: Yes, totally. Just
0: exactly the point. That is why I loathe the left. They make race, gender, all that stuff important. Mm-hmm. It's not important. Mm-hmm. It's just not.
1: No, it's not. And the other thing that I wrote in the journal, again, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm, I am trying to bring it back to your experience in Denmark, but this is a really important point. I I wrote that, you know... Our business is a bit difficult – I mean, it's, it's amazing in this way, but it also poses a challenge in this way where our job is to make life understandable to people. And when your job is really about life, it's hard not to professionalize your life. And I have found as I'm preparing to be on air and, you know, again, I'm reading so much and I'm trying so hard to to be good at this thing. I find that I'm sort of going down a path where I'm professionalizing my life. Every book I read, I highlight obsessively. I underline. I circle the words I don't know. I make a list of the words I don't know. I type up notes on on the book. And, and, you know, if I watch a movie, I, I can't just enjoy the movie. I'm looking out for things that would be good material in a show. And I'm realizing that I'm kind of... Again, professionalizing my life, and that has the result of being kind of deadening and desiccating. And I wrote in this journal, I said, Dennis does the very opposite. Dennis doesn't professionalize his life. He lifeizes his profession. When you go to Denmark, yes, you're there for work. Yes, you're there for this job that we both do, which is speaking to a lot of people. But you use that professional opportunity to enrich your own life and meet people like the danish julie who you were talking to me about to meet all those other wonderful people that you were just mentioning and that is a really wonderful part of you and it's a profoundly helpful example to me
0: by the way people should understand and you should understand uh, because we spoke about this privately so i'll just say it again i think i said it to you there's nothing wrong in constantly looking for... Gee, what will I say publicly? True. It's so part of me that I, I, I... It's instinctive. Wow, that's a point I'd like to make on my radio show. Or that's mm-hmm. a point I'd like to write a column about. Because, you know, we're not... And there's nothing wrong with the, with comedians doing this. Comedians play a great role in society, I think, if they're a good comedian but we're not we're not showmen I'm not looking for great lines to make a better living and get get bigger right. audiences I'm looking for important points to touch people's lives with That's, right. so it's perfectly legit to do that you're you're not quote-unquote, professionalizing your life. But since you're new to it, that's what it seems.
1: Right. Well, I take it to a, a bit of a different... like I think you've hit a really good balance. I'm right now... And by the way, when I'm, quote-unquote, looking for material, as you were just pointing out, it's not that I'm thinking, oh, I should just say this because it will get X amount of views or X amount of likes. I, I really want to believe in it. I, I only say things that I believe but my point is i'm sort of taking it to the next level where i obsess so much about it that i do find my life is being a bit professionalized. For instance, when i read a book, i need to not treat the book like i'm studying for an exam. I need to read it, digest it, you know, obviously talk about it on air, but i'm t- i am just personally taking it a bit too far. But you're right. In the the beauty of our job is that everything Everything that we do is relevant. Yes. Everything could be yes. material. The right. encounter you have with you know someone no, at the gas I, when station. When I was raising
0: my kids, it was it was part of. It's my, incredible. Uh, yes, exactly. It is incredible. It, we're, it, it's a gift from God or nature or life. It is a gift to 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 do this for a living, folks. Finally, I'm back to cruising with my listeners and viewers after two years of nonsense of lockdowns. We're going to the Gems of Southeastern Europe, May 31st to June 13th. 13 days combined land and cruise on AMA waterways. We're privately chartering the entire boat for me and my listeners. This cruise was just announced. It's already almost sold out. Actually, under 10 cabins left. That's it. Book today, 800-345-2483, 800-345-2483, or click on the banner on my website, or go to coastlinetravel.com, itinerary, pre-cruise in Vienna and Budapest, cruising in Serbia, Bulgaria, Romania, but you haven't been there, post-cruise in Bucharest included in your trip, four private lectures with me, and yes, Alan Estrin. Nightly cocktail reception, spacious staterooms, over 80% with balconies, chef's table experience, open seating dining options, beverages included, champagne, select wines, beer, and nightly specialty cocktails, unique local entertainment, complimentary tours in each port, unlimited free Wi-Fi. Book today, 800-345-2483. Or click the banner at my website or go to com. But I'm just That's
1: telling right. you I'm trying to strike a balance right. but I think I, you yes. have done it so well, beautifully. I,
0: I, I, I can only tell you to the extent that this comments on your comment. I certainly did it in Denmark. I mean, it was such you a rich... Everywhere. Well, thank you. Good. I, I, I think you're right. But I, I just want to note that the meeting sue and i had dinners as as often as possible or, or meals with some of the people that we met there for example the group the free the the free press society who gave me the award they had uh, saturday night they had a dinner at a lovely italian restaurant in copenhagen and the, the, the whole board and two other guests were were there. And I, by the way, you you, you already know this instinctively as I've seen this with you. Uh, I Obviously, I had a certain seat at the table and there were like a dozen people or 15 people at the table. And I said to the group that I was sitting next to in the middle of the meal, I have to go over to speak to other people. And I did. I simply changed my seat to sit with others that I had not been talking to. I was, I was the guest, obviously. And anyway, I did get to speak to everybody. It is so... This is another big, big point I just want to make. It is so wonderful for your life to meet good people. It sounds... Oh, that—that's the the big windup was for that pitch. It was like a, it, it for those who know baseball is like a changeup. It this sounds so simple, up. but it's it, it, but it, if you really it, understand it's it, it's everything. It's, it's everything. Yes, I made a point on my Happiness Hour, which you'll love. I said loneliness is not assuaged by being with a lot of people. <laughs> if it were. Nobody would be lonely on a New York subway car. And you in, found a, this at Columbia. York. You told
1: me that uh, you realized that Yes, that's correct. That at Columbia. I was with a
0: lot of people, exactly. The number of people has no effect on your loneliness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, the, it's having kindred spirits. It's having good people yes. that conquers loneliness. And, you know, it so boggles my mind, because I've been doing the, the happiness hour for 25 years or nearly, and i had never actually said it that way, but it makes perfect sense. When I use the subway car example, the reason people are lonely is not because there's no one in their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's because they don't have kindred spirits in their lives.
1: Right. Well... A subway, I, I hear what you're saying, but at a subway, you know...
0: It's an extreme example.
1: Yes, and people okay. are on their phones. But you could be at a dinner table and you could feel lonely, right. as I often You could have. be
0: in a marriage and feel lonely, which right. was a point that I made.
1: Yes. Well, no, it, it really is true, and that's the point that I was making in the journal, that you... Finding good people is everything. And again, it doesn't matter how they come, regardless of well, how they that, come. Well, that,
0: right, which you're realizing as an, an yes. our love for each other. That's exactly and, what and it friendship. is. And friendship. Plain, simple, the deepest sense friendship is 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 as proof as as you right. can get.
1: Right. And again, this dovetails nicely with what I was saying about how, even though it's kind of a stupid phrase, you life your profession. You know, when you got up from that table and sat with other people, you you have this and I have this. You have a genuine desire to learn from your listeners or from your fans. Mm-hmm. You don't see yourself as above them. You see yourself as so lucky that you get to reach so many people and bring, you know, a vast – Number of people into your life. And that's something, I mean, growing up in Los Angeles, and especially going to the schools that I went to, and I went to very elite private uh, all girls high school. And then of course, I went to Harvard. So I had a lot of exposure to extremely famous people. Some were nice. Some were not nice. Actually, most were nice. But many of them treated their fans interactions with their fans as just that, interactions. Oh, thank you so much for watching my movie. Thank you so much for reading my book. Thank you so much for listening to me. Let's take a selfie, move on. Juliet from Virginia is gonna be really ticked off because I'm complimenting you a lot, but it doesn't matter. You are the first famous person I've seen who really breaks that barrier between themselves and their fans. You don't just make it transactional. It's not just that you take a selfie. And we've talked about this. You talked about that Norwegian guy in the airport and you you had a whole discussion with him. You really want to get to know them. And you view it as an opportunity to meet someone and maybe find that person that we're we're talking about, to find those people. That has taught me so much. Yes,
0: God bless you. That's great. So uh, first, uh, at the risk again because – Look, folks, Dennis and Julie is about Dennis and Julie and about life. That's what makes it real. Right. Okay, just just it's not an ego trip, just for those anyone who knows me knows that's true, and I could assure you with regard to Julie. But in any event, I uh, if people who know me only publicly, which is most people obviously, mm-hmm. were to be at a dinner party with me, they would be surprised either a how little i speak (laughs) or how much all i do is ask the people questions yes i the last thing i'm interested in is speaking it's true so yeah you've seen this of course yes yes. Uh, so certainly in denmark that's all i did was ask i asked everybody about their lives i'm i'm truly curious and, and interested how could i not be i think these are fighters. You think it's hard to fight in America? Do you know how hard it's 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 much harder to fight in Europe? We have large numbers of people who who are fighting the 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 woke here it, in Europe. They're, the conservative it, it, movement it, in a, Europe
1: is jealous of us in America.
0: For, and for and, and I and I pointed that out and they fully agreed. Yeah. They don't have talk radio. They they don't have PragerU. They don't have uh, Daily Wire. They don't have TPUSA. They they don't have American greatness, the town hall, uh, you know the, the in, in, innumerable wonderful conservative uh, uh, websites and so on. Mm. So these people really deserve credit, and I and what, but but my point is, I want to who what makes you tick? So I hear I now this gets to the Danish Julie, whom I hope you will meet. I, I would love to Sue meet and I it. have invited her to actually stay at our home. Yeah, she's never been to America. So she was... Uh, so I met her the second day, I guess. She's 30 years old. She's this, She's very bright and, and unbelievably cheerful. I mean, her demeanor is just so winning. And we just... Both of us fell for her. And I asked her... And she has comp- just our values. Which... Talk about being lonely. I mean, that's your thirty-year-old woman, not married, right? And oh, yeah. you're in Denmark, with, or any European country, essentially, mm-hmm. especially Scandinavia, and and you have these values. That's a, that's a tough that's a mm-hmm. tough road to to uh, travel on. So she was expressing exactly our our way of looking at life which makes sense because once you understand it, it, it's the most logical way. But anyway, I then asked her, so are you religious? Because, mm-hmm. of course, religiosity is is a, is you know, the Judeo-Christian value system is my underlying system of thinking. So she said something to this effect. And this is really, this is worthy of, of 10 Dennis and Julie episodes. This is so big. So she said, I I I really, really want to be religious. But I can't find any I go to church and it doesn't doesn't do anything for me. And it was said as a lament, not as a criticism. Yeah. And I I thought, oh God, this is so painful to me because she hasn't Gotten the sophisticated approach to to God and, and Bible that it's I everything. give, and it's everything. It, it is everything, and so at the risk of however it comes out, I'll just say I I I am much more frustrated than than I celebrate. The, the impact that like my religious ideas have had the the bible commentary and i thought i know for a fact that if she read my volumes of the of the rational bible she would think differently but she and it's not dennis that's the subject here the subject here is that religious people forgot how to explain religion and i i can't that I, I I don't know if I've said, I don't think i said this to you. Maybe not even, I, well, I think privately I might have. Do you know what I do for a living my whole life? You're if a translator. Close, close. I'm an explainer. That's, I've explained America. I've explained Judaism. I've explained Christianity, for, for, ironically, and I'm not a Christian. I've explained Judeo-Christian values. I've explained conservatism. I've explained Americanism.
1: That's how I defined it a few minutes ago. We make life more understandable for
0: people. That's right. Believe me, why do you think I see in you my hope? Thank (laughs) you. Well, no, it's it's not even, it's it's just a fact, it's not a compliment. But explainer, that's what I've ended up doing in my life, explaining. So this is a terrific young woman, bright, the right values, Aching for for God in her life, religion in her life, doesn't know where to turn because nobody's explaining it in a sophisticated way. Did you
1: give her Genesis of your Torah? No, I, I have to send it to you. Her. Have to? Yeah. No, I. You,
0: you, by the way, of the, of the well, you've read Genesis and Exodus, yes. not Deuteronomy. Which of the two would you recommend I give to people? Genesis.
1: For start start yes, yes. Okay, fine. I, I well that's that's what i did okay. i know you wrote exodus first yes, but i started right. with genesis okay fair
0: enough the reason i i think exodus cuz it has the 10 commandments and i do so much work on the 10 commandments. true
1: but bill just having a good chronological foundation mm-hmm. and knowing those early stories first okay. i i think All right, that's so that's what i when when i send it to my friends i send genesis
0: but she I'm debating the reason for my silence. Is I'm debating whether to say this, but I'll, I'll say it. See, Christians and Jews—I know—I—I I, I really know Christians and Jews. I mean, from the inside, <laughs> which is pretty rare to know two religions from the inside. Right. So, they, th- their strengths. This is true for even people, for for you, for me, for people. Very often, your strength is also your weakness.
1: I say that all of the you, time. You do? I say that all of the time. I was telling my mom that five days ago.
0: In what context?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, look at Donald Trump. His strength is that he's guileless. He doesn't care. He, right. You know, he right. shoots That's off great. the That's hip. Perfect. and then, You know, my strength is my weakness. I care so much. I'm so diligent. I'm, And then I'm neurotic. You know, I mean.
0: Right. It's, no, and another good example is uh, the, the the woman who knows or believes at a very early age, she's beautiful. So it's a blessing to be beautiful, but it's a curse if you rely on it. Yes. Th- then you don't know why men want you, and then you get hurt by men. You don't develop other possibilities in your life, mm-hmm. and one day you won't be as beautiful as you are now. Right. I, it, it's just... Look, I remember... You'll get a kick out of this. You will really get it. This I, even. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was 8 seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and certainly kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created focus and recall to boost your brain power unlike other supplements that don't work focus and recall is not a pill it's a patent pending gel that you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus concentrate longer and strengthen recall these physician formulated gels come in a small gel pack tear off the top Shoot it down or mix it in water. Over 1,000 reviews with an average star rating over 4.5. Prove it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com. Use limited time code Prager for 20% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code Prager. HealthyCell.com. Code Prager. So when I my first really, really, really close friend was Joseph Telushkin, who still is my friend. We met, we were both fifteen in high school. So he took me, of course, I visited him his home very often. And when I first went to his home, his his uh his parents, one European born, one American born, met me. And I I was not the normal kid that Joseph would bring home from yeshiva. <laughs> and so I said to Joseph, after a couple of visits to his house, I said, so how did your parents react to me? I was so curious. He said, so Dennis, my mother said to me, um, he's very, very charming, but is he deep? <laughs> you? So this, (laughs) look, it has stayed with me all these years because I'm I'm pointing out like the girl who could rely on her beauty. I knew at a very, I'm telling you the story because this is self-revealing. I knew at a very early age, I could rely on charm and get away with a lot. I knew it. And I said to myself, don't you go there, man. You will end up at nothing. It's a blessing to have charm, but hello... You can't rely on that. You better develop every other part of you. So uh, the, anyway, so back to blessings and curses. I don't. I. I. am good at remembering where this began. <laughs> Judaism and Christianity. The blessing of Christianity is faith. The blessing of Judaism is 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 practice is is law is, is law right, but they're also their curses. So what has happened is. Judaism relied on observance and Christianity relied on faith and that was basically it. It's like the girl who relied on on her looks and the guy who relied on his charm and then they got older and older and older and it didn't work as well anymore. Mm -hmm. The early generations, the observance and and the faith things, they, they were powerful. But over time, if you can't explain more than believe in Jesus or more than observe the mitzvahs, the the laws, you're not going to have a deep religion and you're not going to have many religious people. Yes. Yep. And that's what their message has been. Keep the law. Believe in Jesus. Have a great day.
1: It is, I think, one of the greatest tragedies of our time that religion has not been explained well because I, like you, see, you know, I was once that person. Sometimes I forget that, but a few years ago, I knew – luckily, even though I was on the left, I had enough wherewithal to know that there's something greater out there that I'm not tapping into, and I need to do the work to tap into it. Actually, before I found your Bible commentary, I ordered this book. It's called 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. I think it's by Max Anders. And it was a great book, but it was very – it was very academic and it was very factual. It was like explaining the, um, the chronology or, you know, the location of where the Bible was written and all. So it was a good introduction. But thank God then I found your commentary because it really...
0: It, it makes it relevant. It makes it relevant. Relevant it is the, the key word.
1: But I have to tell you, it pains me too because I have many friends, dear, dear friends who you've met in my life who are secular and... I love them because they're not like the other lefties who just completely disparage religion. They, they, I think, like an earlier me, knew that there's something to it. But they, again, like the earlier me, haven't found the right way to have it explained to them. And it's such a tragedy because I say to them sometimes, I go – and and by the way, a lot of them, I've, I've given them the Rational Bible and they haven't read it.
0: Of course not.
1: And – I've asked why, and they'll go, oh, I'm too busy. I think there's a part of them that's afraid to read it. I think there's a part of them that thinks that it won't be helpful to them because they've been so, they've never found religion to be helpful to them. And I say to these friends, I go, I promise you, I know you well enough. And I also remember my old experience. I I literally say, read the first 10 pages As as a favor to me, read the first 10 pages. It is such a tragedy because there are so many people who have the potential, who are fertile soil to let this stuff grow in. And they've been, I'm sorry to say it, especially in this, with the following term, they've been screwed over. They've been screwed over by religious establishments and they've been screwed over by academic establishments. By the
0: anti-religious yes. establishments.
1: And by the religious establishments. Well,
0: no, I agree. I, I was just adding the, right. a different word for the other side. Right. A, of course they were.
1: My life, I know I've said this ad nauseum, but it, I'm, I have to say it again, and I was journaling about it. What didn't I journal about yesterday? So I just was...
0: How often do you journal?
1: I, that's the thing. I, I rarely journal because I get frustrated writing because there's so much I want to get out and I feel like my hand can't keep up with my brain. But I just told myself yesterday I'm going to allow myself to slow down. By the way you need down. to
0: take pictures of everything you wrote so you, you, this may right. get destroyed in a fire True. or lost. True. You know Alan Estrin has written a, a page a day all of his life? You
1: know he learning that fact, I think I learned that about a month ago, that inspired what I did yesterday. I've kept that in the back right, of my mind. He, he, he does it every day,
0: a, and he keeps it to a page.
1: Yeah, that's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I don't know if I have patience. Dis- well, he's
0: the most disciplined human being he, I know. He's unbelievable. He makes me look like a homeless drunkard.
1: Oh my gosh! See, this is your this is your equivalent. <laughs> Of a beautiful woman being told she's beautiful and thinks she's not.
0: That's funny. That is
1: real. Oh, yeah. So you do a three-hour talk show. You've written, what, like 11 books. You just went to Denmark. You often, after your three-hour talk shows, do either Dennis or Julie or another podcast. And then you write columns and you speak and then you do your minion. But, yeah, you're a whatever you just said, a lazy drunkard. Got it. That makes sense, Dennis Frager.
0: That is funny.
1: Well, can you see what I'm saying?
0: So I got a new great subject on the on okay. based on exactly what happened. Yeah. So I debate this. So my father told me regularly I was lazy. Okay, it doesn't matter. He, I think he was right. By the way, doesn't matter. What you're told by a parent or an older sibling sticks with you. It does. It just oh, yeah. sticks, good or bad. So I debate, and I don't have an answer, did my father do me a service or a disservice? Because mm. it, I can make such a powerful argument that he did a service uh, for me because I have, because I think of myself as lazy because of, of what he said, yeah. I have battled not to be lazy all of my life. Mm-hmm. And that has been a blessing in terms of what I've accomplished. What if my father had said to me when I was in seventh grade, boy, you know, one thing one cannot say about you is you're lazy. You are one hardworking kid. Right. Which would have been a lie. I wasn't a hardworking kid at all. But it's a very tough question the question of what should parents say to their child, because you see, this is really such a this is a perfect example of what we do that just go from one huge thing to another huge thing. I know this is really huge, and this has preoccupied me more now than in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not possible to raise a child to be happy all the time and become a good, productive human being. Maybe it's just not possible. If you're seeking to make your child happy all the time, you might be ruining them.
1: Yes. You know, I feel like a broken record because I feel like everything that you say, I say, I I was just thinking about this. Or, but it's just, it's true. I I don't know why I'm certainly not thinking about having children at this point in my life but but for some reason maybe it's because I'm you know I just turned 23 and I graduated from college and I'm making that leap from quote unquote the childhood years to adulthood and I'm reflecting on my upbringing and I'm thinking about you know when I'm a parent what will I do differently um, and what will I try to emulate with what my how my parents raised me? By the way, I would want to emulate, you know, ninety five percent of it because I, you know, I have wonderful parents. But I was thinking. Then I had this debate with myself, which which is exactly what you just raised. But if I'm too good of a parent, that actually may cripple them, because, I mean, my parents were and are excellent parents but certainly growing up there was a huge 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 problem in our household which was my sister gina and it was just it was constant
0: well or just people who's severely autistic Who severely
1: autistic not not
0: not even minimally autistic.
1: yes like extremely almost completely nonverbal. has lived lived in our home until i was eight years old she was physically abusive to me she had to leave our house excuse me was, went to a residential facility in Massachusetts for a few years, then came back to Los Angeles and bounced around from group home to group home where she had horrible, negligent, abusive care. And my heroic parents, every single day of their lives, I witnessed them. Literally, our dining room table would be peppered with legal documents and binders, and they just gave their whole lives to this wow. child. Wow. And that had a profound impact on me.
0: What watching them take care yes. of her,
1: yes, watching the way I mean watching especially my mom, because you know my dad would go out and make a living, and my mom was really the one bearing a lot of this burden, um not that my dad didn't help, but he had to he had to go make money, but uh, my mom, I just saw how sad she was, and how she i mean my mom is the most valiant, incredible, disciplined. Devoted person I know, but I mean she went through hell every day. She and went you're through raising
0: hell. this because
1: I'm raising this because. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not using this as a therapy session. I'm raising this because that really, I think, in some ways, that wasn't a perfect childhood, you know, but that really benefited me in a lot of ways because oh, you're, right.
0: you're bouncing off my, my yes, thing, yeah.
1: that benefited me in so many ways because mm-hmm. I like. I understand the tragic nature of life. I've learned how to try to balance my own happiness with making my parents happy or my sister happy. It taught me a lot. And my point is, I was reflecting on my own childhood, and the bad parts, I think, were good for me. And so, when I was thinking about when I'm a parent, if I'm too perfect of a parent, I may cripple my child.
0: There's another reason. No, no. There's another reason you might. Let's say you're a perfect parent. Mm -hmm. Your kid will then grow up with another problem. Yes. How can I measure up to my parents? Well, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. There is no perfect answer to raising children. So there's a, well, there is a perfect answer, ironically. Because there's no perfect answer, here's the perfect answer. Do what is right. End of issue. Yes. You can't, there are two big things you must avoid. You cannot try to make them happy. You can't make them happy. Only humans can make themselves happy. Right. It doesn't matter what age you are. Maybe two. uh, But but okay, we don't stay two very long. Well, that's not true. So a lot of people are staying two. But anyway, and and the the so so one is. Well, what was my point? This is really important when I made that throwaway line about 2 years many people are still too. i lost track of this this is this is too oh yes the other and it's really important you can't aim to be loved yeah this this is the tragedy of of america of the last half century parents wanted to be loved by their children at all times now everybody every parent wants to be loved by their children mm-hmm. that's that's not here or there what's here or there is is that do you act in a way that you think will elicit love right then you will screw your child
1: oh have i seen this time and time and time again in these in again the the neighborhoods and the uh the the schools that I grew up in, just parents who would who were so desperate to be their children's best friends, right? And to and it was it just it was inappropriate. You're supposed to parent your child. You're not supposed to become their best friends. And it and I, I really could see how much it crippled the children.
0: I have another interesting thing that all of this this is also brand new, by the way. Just occurred to me. Mm-hmm. What is the relationship? Between that and a really happy marriage, hey, here's a, a thought.
1: That meaning the friendship. Yes. With your oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah,
0: no kidding, it, <laughs> it just hit me. So okay. listen to listen to what I'm asking. Yeah. So our our husband and wife who are deeply in love and uh, with each other. Are they more or less likely to helicopter their parent, their child? Less
1: likely, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. Well, if that's the case, then that's that's a big deal. Yes. Maybe this preoccupation with the child is the substitute. Yes, is a function. Oh, totally. That's why single mothers are the most guilty of spoiling their children, is that true? Oh, oh, it's it's not. It's also true about single fathers, right. by the way, who who see them infrequently, and so all they want to do is give them a great time at Disneyland right, yeah. mm. instead of being their father. Yep. But it's but more women have uh, custody of children or more time with them than than single men do.
1: After two years, the Coastline Travel Prager Cruise is coming together again. Going to the gems of southeastern Europe from May 31st to June 13th. That's 13 days of a combined land and sea cruise on AMA waterways, privately chartered for Dennis and his listeners. This cruise was just announced and already it is almost sold out. Book today by calling 1-800-345-2483 and click the banner on Dennis's website or go to coastlinetravel.com. The itinerary is a pre-cruise in Vienna and Budapest, cruising in Serbia, Bulgaria, and Romania, and a post-cruise in Bucharest included in the trip. There are four private lectures with Dennis and Alan Estrin, nightly cocktail receptions, spacious staterooms, over 80% with balconies. Chef's table experience included, open seating dining options, beverages including champagne, select wines, beer, and nightly specialty cocktails, unique local entertainment, and complimentary tours in each port, and unlimited free Wi-Fi. Book today by calling 1-800-345-2483 or click the banner on Dennis's website or go to coastlinetravel.com.
0: So it's well known. That they are likely to be spoiled kids. Kids after divorce.
1: Mm-hmm. So oh, it's a supplement.
0: I, I want if I don't have love from a man, at least I'll have love from my child.
1: Yes, and if I don't have companionship with my man, at that's least I'll have right. companionship yeah. oh, with right. my child. Oh, that's exactly yes. correct. Yes.
0: See, see here. Here's how I look at life. I so, so again, this is somewhat of a new thought. Or at least new a new term. it is a delicate art life, and it's very hard to be a great artist mm-hmm. or or forgive me because I, I have another way this this has occurred to me in the last few years. the human being is an extremely finely tuned maserati. When the Maserati works or some other super expensive car, it is a sight to behold. It is a marvel of human engineering. But if it doesn't work or not driven properly, it, 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 it's obviously awful. Mm-hmm. And we're infinitely more complex than the most complex car. Right. So to get it right, is rough, is just really difficult. But most people aren't trying to get it right.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And they're they're not aware that that... They're not even aware that that is the goal that they should have.
0: That's right. Well said.
1: That's one of the the things, and I know I've said this many times over the past few weeks, but it's something that I have... It's probably the biggest lesson that I've taken away from from meeting you and becoming conservative and this whole journey I've been on is what an unbelievable thing that your mind has the power to steer you in the right direction in life, Hmm. that you can use your mind as a navigator and a tool and a refiner. And like, you know, a few episodes ago, I was talking about how I have this habit of cursing, which... I will be very honest with the viewer. I have
0: not been very good about breaking and everyone you in You have the... been good about breaking. Have That's I? not true. Oh
1: good. See, I'm so hard on myself. Oh, I think no, I haven't you... but... Oh,
0: oh, there's no comparison.
1: Oh good. Okay, good. Well, I was cursing a little bit. I think I cursed once before Yeah, but I episode... this was
0: in jest here. We were okay. kidding, even I did.
1: Okay, fair enough. But I was Again, it it may you know how you were saying a few minutes ago there was a big wind up and then you feel like whatever you said wasn't worth the one. Right. Maybe this is the same thing, but I just I just had this realization. This, it is so cool that I have this habit or I have this proclivity, but if I train my
0: that's right mind
1: to overcome it, I can overcome right. it. And right. so what you're saying here with you know people don't even see it as a goal to be that great Maserati or elevate themselves. It's a real tragedy because I I think there are so many of us, you know, in my journal, I mentioned ghosts. There are so many people walking around who just, I don't even know if, again, this this is maybe, we'll get into the realm of being too touchy-feely or too trying to be profound, but it's really something that I believe. They don't recognize that they're human beings. They don't recognize what it is to be a human being. They don't know what, like, they would never think, My vocation in life is to elevate myself, to be the best possible version of a human being Hmm. I can be. Not just the best possible professional or the best possible even like mother. Just to reach my heights intellectually, spiritually, emotionally as a human being. People don't – it doesn't even occur to them.
0: They did in the past.
1: I know. So what happened?
0: Uh, I I have a partial answer. But I want you, what well, you know. But I want everybody listening to understand mm-hmm. that was the point of education, yes. character building. Yes. How do you pursue the best you you can be?
1: It. Do- I know. I just said this, but I, it literally doesn't even occur to them that no, you it doesn't. Dig- it doesn't. You know,
0: I gave a course. It's still available at the Prager tragic Store. How magic is that? Uh, it, it must be twenty-five, maybe thirty years old. I gave a course. At, at a at a Jewish seminary in Los Angeles, how, is an, I think is eight or sixteen parts. It was it was quite mm-hmm. extensive. How to lead, ready, a better, which is common. How to lead a better life. But that wasn't the full title. How to lead a better and deeper life. And I remember saying to the, to the audience, I salute you. Not many people sign up and pay money. Right. They, maybe to be happier, maybe to be healthier, mm-hmm. maybe to be more successful, but to be deeper, uh, that's, that's to your credit you're here.
1: The problem also is that we, we don't have good examples anymore of deep people. It used to be, of course, that education was character building. But also, and and I say this ad nauseum, the most powerful lasting thing that you can give to a person is a good example. And nowadays, there are few people who I can, I mean, I'm so lucky to have you. I'm so lucky to have great parents. And I have an uncle who I think is just a remarkable person. I'm blessed with people in my life who are examples. But I'm lucky. There, there There aren't many out there anymore. And so there's no again, people don't even it's like speaking another language when you say being a being a deeper person. People don't even know what that looks That's like. That's right. They literally yes. and, and by the way, I'm I'm so uh fervently speaking about this because I went through this. I once again I like I had this, it was almost like a little divine uh understanding. That there was something out, like a little inkling that there was a a whole, like, vast repository of information and life exploration that I wasn't tapping into. I had that weird feeling when I was little, or when I was younger, I should say, but I still didn't know what that meant. You know, am I making any sense? I knew there was something, but I didn't know what it meant. And by the way, I'm still figuring it out. But it's really tragic because there are so many people who walk around, and we we are just bowing down on our potential as human beings.
0: There's a book, you would love it. Uh, you 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 would you would read it in one night. Amusing ourselves to death. Hmm. Have you ever heard of it? No. The title is perfect. It was written, I think, in the seventies, maybe the sixties, and Neil Postman. Amazing. Oh, I've
1: heard I've heard of. Really? Yeah. I feel like I've heard of him. Well,
0: it, 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 the book is better known than he is. Uh, the, the book title was, it, it was a very, very big seller. It wouldn't be today. People are amusing themselves to death, oh, and they're yeah. already dead. But the examples he gives are dated, but it's irrelevant. The points are are evergreen, and... If you want to be constantly amused, you can't be deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why... I guess I'll, I'll make a plug for this, but people watching or listening are already plugged in. Send this to, to young people in your life. See, the the existence of you in it will, will intrinsically appeal to young people. And... Then they'll hear me, and then it'll make sense, and then, you know, I'll be fine. But ha- having someone that is that they know, oh, she, she's younger than me, for God's sake. So what does she have to say? Just out of curiosity, they might listen. Right. But the amusing oneself that, to death, that that was a... Uh, I'll give you an example. You, you may not know this, and I hope you don't, because I love telling you things you don't know. I don't remember the number, but you should look it up. The first presidential debate, I believe, was Kennedy-Nixon, 1960. And the presidential debates, they've measured the amount of time each candidate. You know about this? I do, yes. So they spent so now I was just watching a, a a debate of the senatorial or gubernatorial I don't remember. And the the moderator says so you will have 60 seconds to respond and then you will have 30 seconds to respond to his response. Right.
1: Well wait, let's explain for the viewers because what the Kennedy Nixon thing was. Go ahead. Which is that N- Kennedy spoke for longer. And it made more of an impact on people. Oh, but that's not the point.
0: Oh, no, that's not the point I'm driving at. That is a valid one. No, I'm I'm making this point. Okay. The early debates, they spoke for minutes. Yes. Not who won. I'm not talking about who won. It's irrelevant. Right. That I'm talking about the trivialization, the amusing Uh, ourselves to death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to be amused at a debate.
1: Yeah. It has to be sound bites. Yes. It to has capture your attention. It has to, Can't be analysis. When I heard the guy analysis. say, you have 30
0: seconds to respond. How
1: the hell can you do that? I
0: mean, it's beyond belief. Yeah, it's By so the true. way, I know this. I'm on television. I've been on television a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. So I know, unlike radio, where I have three hours to develop ideas. Mm-hmm. All right, take away commercials, two hours, okay? Right. I have two minutes on TV maybe oh, it's three. impossible oh no so uh, oh, what well, i've developed my own methodology my own methodology is i will i will knowing i have maybe a minute i will say as much intelligent things as i can in 1 minute yep so i have no idea if it lasts I, I, and, and probably doesn't cuz they what do you go mean by on last? whether in, in in the people's minds. It lasts. Okay. I, I hope <laughs> no, I, well I hope you're right. But but it, whether it does or not that's what I do. Right. But my point is the amusing ourselves to death phenomenon even applies to what theoretically is not amusement, a debate. But a debate is now entertainment.
1: Yep. It's an excellent point. Well, it's, it's, it's also Instagram now. I mean, you got it like people – I actually was reading this, this really uh, fascinating study. I hate saying I was reading a study because we've talked about nowadays. If you say you read a study, there are studies that confirm right. Every, right. everything under the sun. Right. Um, but nevertheless, I was reading a study, and it said that uh, people in my generation, Gen Z, listen to a song – for no more, I think the average time that they listen to one song is like thirty-two seconds, for a for a for a standard like three and a half or four-minute song. And they compared that. I have to dig up. I read so much, but I need to. I need to dig this up. It's somewhere in one of my a million crazy Julie folders. This study, they compared it to previous generations, and the point was pr- previous generations would w- were closer to listening to the duration of the song than people my age. And every generation it's gone down a bit where people listen only to you know half or a quarter of, of the duration that they used to listen to. And that's exactly what you're saying. We we have to we have to click to the next song. We we got our so little bit of amusement, a, we're bored.
0: I, I got a challenging question. And okay. I don't know if I don't know if you could possibly have an answer to it. hmm So you went to the most prestigious college in America, Harvard. So if you had to guess and it it's obviously only a guess how many of your classmates just graduated months ago how many have read a book since graduation because they don't have to read for exams
1: probably probably a quarter right or a tenth
0: okay so i assume you're right yes i went to columbia yep so it's an Ivy, Ivy League. I'm only mentioning it in context. I remember I actually wrote this up and sent it I, as an as an op ed piece to the New York Times, which of course they they never even. <laughs> they I said adios to that. Well, it's a, yes. But it doesn't they matter. They saw your I, name. I, I and... tried. No, no, they didn't know my name from Adam. Oh. Oh, no. I was. When, in, I, sorry, when was, I was in this? In graduate school. Oh, you oh, yeah, said I was that. a kid. They didn't know okay. me. The first, public, first person to publish me was William Buckley
1: really yes well what a person
0: yeah no kidding well I'll tell you about that in a moment it's it's almost it's actually a funny story but anyway I remember noting that it was I was certain virtually no one was reading anything unless there was an exam on it
1: oh that was me when I was at my high school about to say the name but i mean not that i'm trying to conceal it but i'm just being cautious here uh for six years we had this beautiful library hundreds probably thousands of books i didn't check out one book in my entire six years of being at this school not one book
0: when were you aware of this
1: i was aware of it at the time
0: and how did it strike you
1: I thought it was messed up. I thought this is definitely not the way it should be, but I was just bombarded with schoolwork and I was just reading all my textbooks and that was it. And in fact, I, I don't think I read <laughs> – this is, this is actually really funny. The first time I read a book for me was when I read your books. Wow. I, in college, would, I followed the trajectory that I did in high school. I only read books and stuff for class. You know why? Because I hated reading. It killed it in me. That why I spend all day reading for school. Why for That's leisure right. would yes. I read? That's right. My I, I don't want to do that.
0: Right. The purpose of I, reading was not to learn. Exactly. It was to to get a good grade. Yes.
1: Yes. And I just it's it's really sad. But even now, look at what I was just saying. You know. Thirty minutes ago, however long ago it was, when I read books now, I'm I'm insane. I highlight them, I underline them, I start, I like, I turn, I it, I professionalize it, it, it. I academicize it? it. Well, no, it's liberating to read a book now, but I'm saying I take my. Instincts from high school, and I bring it even to my leisure reading. I'm saying because I highlight and I underline. Right? I, yeah, but I I do that now, but and this I is shouldn't. To
0: touch lives. That's of how I want oh, no. you to understand it. There's a big difference.
1: Well, I think this is kind of the. Problem. I
0: always read for that reason. I wanted to understand life better, so I could explain it to others better.
1: You have to understand right now, and again, I'm I'm being very open with the viewers about something I'm going through, which is right now. I'm really trying to balance. Ridding myself of my old habits, like shedding them like a snake sheds its old skin, and going into this new realm of absorbing information. And I have to, it's really hard based on the academic upbringing that I had, where if you didn't highlight and understand everything in a book, you would fail the exam. So now when I read, I mean, I'm, my, my roommate, I was reading the Wall Street Journal the other day, and I'm highlighting it, and, I'm, and she's like, what are you doing? This is a newspaper. And it's so it's so my academic right, self so coming through. So if it's through. of
0: any consolation, I had the literal opposite experience. <laughs> We're so similar
1: and, in many ways. But what, right, one. but
0: hold on. But we oh. ended up in the same place. Mm-hmm. If I didn't underline a book or an article, I didn't think I read it. Yeah. So just want you to know okay, that. Okay, good. Okay, yes. And, and, not a, not, and this is before I had a talk show. Right. This is before I had a column. I, just, mm-hmm. I needed to know what I read and, and, right. and look back at it. Before I tell you about Buckley and why I was the opposite of you in high school, I think people should hear what you have to say. Yes.
1: I want to tell you all about Lear Capital. You are not the only one who has lost money this year. With the current economic volatility, we have all got to find a way to protect our finances and retirement. Have you thought about it? One way to do this is to invest in gold. You should consider adding Lear Capital to your retirement as we are all looking for stable investments. It's a great company. And you should consider putting gold in your IRA. Did you know that you can add physical gold and silver to your IRA or 401k? If you want to learn more, call Lear Capital today and ask about the Lear Advantage IRA. You can transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold tax-free and penalty-free account. And to sweeten the deal, Lear is offering free shipping on every purchase and up to $15,000 in bonus silver to every qualified client. Call for details at 1-800-260-5075. You can get a free precious metals investor guide and work with the top-rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Lear Capital is the gold standard in precious metals investing and has over $3 billion in trusted transactions with over 650,000 happy customers in the 25 years they've been in business. So call 1-800-260-5075 to get your free kit. See how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, and even wars, and you will see that gold has been that financial bedrock asset in portfolios. And what I love most about Lear Capital is that they're an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share our conservative values. So write this number down and give them a call today, 1-800-260-5075. That's one eight hundred two six zero. 260 5075 and if you don't want to call you can simply go to lear capital l-e-a-r learcapital.com so tell me
0: so I, I i have two things to tell you the my first published works and why well, was the opposite of you in high school i'll start with the latter so you only read for for school I read nothing in yes, school. Yes,
1: yes, we've discussed this. It's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And, you know, re- I really admire you. I... Well, Good I... Good for you.
0: I marched to the beat of a different drummer from my earliest awareness, mm-hmm. which is basically, I guess, ninth grade. And I... I had no interest. I had no interest in my grades. And it it drove my parents crazy cuz they thought i was very bright and here i was wasting it not getting good grades
1: but you were smart enough to see that that was not the best way to learn
0: Th- that's exactly right well do you know you'll love this if i can find this it would be precious so your generation when you wrote a paper i don't i don't mean pages like did did you write like a two page thing for on a subject in class, like an English class or something,
1: yes, like weekly briefs or something, okay. but so, we would write well, way way longer essays. no, no, right,
0: so yeah. they were called essays, so we ours were called compositions, okay, yeah, so I wrote one, and it was titled, of course we didn't we didn't type them then, we hand wrote them, and I, but so I have it somewhere if I, if I haven't lost it, The Tyranny of Marxism. This is in my sophomore year at high school. Oh, wow. Marxism, M-A-R-K-S-I-S-M.
1: Oh, my about goodness. About
0: grades, not about Karl Marx.
1: Oh, my. Oh, wow.
0: Good, huh? Just
1: clicked. <laughs> yes. Wow No, there would
0: be no reason you would. Have, I had to explain
1: right. it. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, trust me, I know very yes, intimately that do. it is tyrannical. Right.
0: So here's the, the the so I
1: and the residual effects as evidenced by me are tyrannical.
0: Well, okay, the residual effects are damn good. Okay, you've translated that stuff. You've channeled it into very productive arenas. Yes, but Okay, you're a little hard on yourself. What just I a think? little. Yeah. Well, maybe if I could have that impact on you, well, to be less hard on yourself, I, have a, I will have gained. I have the a subject Garden about this.
1: I have a subject about this, but I want to hear your William All F. Buckley. Right, so I don't there, even the, know if we have time to do it today, but it's.
0: So which one do you want to do?
1: I want to hear about William F. Buckley, okay, and then fine. I'll bring up the subject. Okay. See you guys. We just there's so much we want to talk. No, about. it is amazing. It, 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 re- it yes, is,
0: and it's very natural. It is. Go on. So. <laughs> I was at graduate school at Columbia at the Russian Institute and Middle East Institute of the School of International Affairs. So I was doing Russian, Arabic, and, and studying the Middle East and studying communism. So I, I spent the summers in communist countries mm-hmm. to, to observe communism. So I wrote to Buckley at National Review. He's the, he was the godfather of American conservatism. You know, and I, I guess I felt to him like young people feel to me, you know, intimidated or very respectful. I mean, I don't expect any response from him. So I just wrote him, I said, and I'm sure it helped, like your thing helped.
1: Yeah, I'm saying this sounds like a yes. pretty eerie parallel. Well, it
0: does now that I think of it. So I, I wrote him a letter, I said. I'm, I'm a graduate student at Columbia, School of International Affairs, Russian Institute. And how would you like an article about something in communist East Europe. I'm going there for the summer. So he goes, absolutely. He loved cultivating young writers. I was 22 or 23 years old. I was your age, exactly your age. And I was so thrilled. The problem was I had to come up with a subject. Yeah. Just a
1: little problem. A
0: big problem. It turned out to be so... This is like one of the... The living jokes of my life, and I pray I still have the article. I wrote a piece, so it must have been nineteen seventy-four, I guess. No, seventy seventy-three, and i i I went among I went to all of the communist East European countries except Albania. You were not allowed in Albania. Why? Because it was affiliated with Mao rather than rather than the Soviets. Oh, that's fascinating. Albania, yeah, Albania was was pro-China, and all the others were pro pro Russia, pro. So anyway, pro Soviet Union. So, uh, I wrote a piece titled "Will Gierek Survive?" Gierek was the Polish communist leader at that era, and I said, you know, speaking to Poles here, and it, it really seems like. He's not popular, and his, his days as Secretary General of the Communist Party and you know, President of the government are, 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 are clearly numbered. That mm-hmm. yeah, was published. Gehrig survived 10 years. Oh. Will Gehrig survive? How many leaders survived 10 years? Wow. Yeah, I really, I really blew that. My first wow. article is the single most incorrect article. That I ever wrote.
1: You know, life has a weird way of kind of giving it, you those funny moments. Oh,
0: well, I, I of course, I didn't know it was funny till years later. Cool, but now, yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was a very reasonable
1: article.
0: <laughs> anyway. That's that, funny. That, yes.
1: well, wow, I mean, kudos to Buckley for... Totally
0: kudos. I have very great will toward him, and I finally met him personally. Oh, really? I, yeah. Brought him out to, to L.A. when I was head of this Jewish institute. And I had some of the, the biggest names in the world. Yitzhak Rabin came. I mean, it was, it was much easier to get big names in those days I don't know why and to come out. And I went to dinner with, uh, with Buckley, and he he was just so gracious, and I thought, "Look at this, you know I'm 29 years old, and he treats me so so respectfully.
1: Confirms my hypothesis that the conservative conservatives are the nicest people. Oh
0: well, he would have confirmed every
1: that. every conservative public figure yes. and non-public figure I've met.
0: That's correct.
1: That's been nothing, but not to say. I'm sure there are some yes, blankety there are, blanks out there. We but we
0: know we have to work on ourselves. That's yes. part of conservatism.
1: And we also know that, especially now, we know it's a it's a precious cohort, and we really have to support one another.
0: That's correct. Mm-hmm. So give us a preview of what you wanted to talk about.
1: Yes. I, I, I'm wondering, how much time do we How much we, have we have done? We have five minutes. Oh, okay. He
0: said ten, I said five. Who are you going to listen to? Sean.
1: I'm going to call it at seven and a half.
0: Oh, that was very sweet. I, I was sure you'd say Sean.
1: <laughs> That's true. I've got a soft spot for my, what did I call you earlier? My Unicorn. personal leprechaun. Oh, no, PL. leprechaun. Yeah, right. Yeah, leprechaun. my PL. Right. So... It was, of course, of course, now I'm forgetting, but it was in response to something that you raised before the Buckley story, and maybe it was about, you know, in this general theme of how to make your life better or something, I, I wish I remembered what you said, but I have been thinking about this idea that we are fallen people. As you talked about in your debate with the rabbi, people are basically not good. And I have kind of realized that, and this is because I'm a perfectionist, I don't allow that, as I think Jordan Peele would say, dark side. I don't acknowledge that I have that dark side. If I have a negative thought about someone or if I make a mistake, I will relentlessly beat myself up over it. And – One of the things that Jordan Peterson has sort of alerted me to is, you know, you need to be aware and comfortable with your dark side. It doesn't mean that you, you know, should give into it and you should use it as an excuse for wicked behavior, but you need to know that it's there and you need to accept it about yourself in order to be a happy and, even though it seems paradoxical, to be a better person. And so... I don't know. I I just thought that was an interesting thing to raise because I'm sort of struggling with, you know, like let's say I'm really angry at someone and I'm having some angry bad thoughts about them. Should I allow myself to have those bad thoughts? Should I recognize that those bad thoughts are bad thoughts? I mean, obviously I shouldn't act on them, but I guess to what extent should we reconcile with our fallen nature,
0: I, I reconcile with my fallen nature one hundred percent. But
1: isn't reconciling it, as as we're saying here, isn't that kind of endorsing it? Or no, being, because I mean, as
0: you said, I don't act on it.
1: So this is what's I think. That's this,
0: why I have inner peace and self control. Well, this is a this is self control gives me inner peace. Right. But but uh, that I have dark thoughts doesn't bother me in the least.
1: Okay, it really bothers me.
0: I know. Well, partially because you were raised Christian. Christian and I was raised Jewish.
1: So I want to ask you where in the Bible. Do you get the idea that God does not punish our bad thoughts? He only punish- We know He punishes bad actions. But what about thoughts?
0: Well, the, the question is really on, on the prosecutor. You're the one making the charge that we're, or the assertion that we're judged on thoughts, so I'd like to know where you have that from. In the Old Testament, which is my testament.
1: Oh, I I don't know where it is in the. Old okay, I'm just right. saying so culturally, I don't, I don't, I, I I don't know where it is either. Yeah.
0: No, I think well, it. I think it is more in the New Testament. I mean, the very Jesus says, if you look, a man looks on, on another woman uh, uh, with lust, he's committed adultery with his heart. We we don't have that in the Old Testament. You can't covet your neighbor's wife. That that is covet, as I explain in my Ten Commandments explanation covet does not mean lust mm-hmm. there is a word for lust and it's not the word
1: so you're totally comfortable essentially having a dark side as long as yes. you don't act on that dark that's side that's right
0: and and i sleep better so and why act better. like
1: what how how and why are you comfortable with because it are you ashamed of yourself when no, that dark side comes no, out no
0: not in the least interesting yes it is very I, I, it's interesting to me that it's interesting to you and I, 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 this I don't, is so
1: alien to me.
0: Exactly.
1: And I am realizing it, you know, I'm realizing right. that it's kind of fueling perfectionism in a way that's maybe not helpful. And so but it's but it's literally a foreign idea to me that you wouldn't be deeply ashamed of your bad thoughts.
0: Hmm. I am not deeply or superficially ashamed of my bad thoughts. I
1: know I've said I know this is kind of like going around in a circle, but why?
0: Because what matters is behavior. I, I am adamant about that. I, I mean, that's what ethical monotheism is. What, what are your ethics? God wants you to behave in a certain way. The The notion that uh, my, my thoughts are what matter. When, and, and Anyway, God implanted this nature in me.
1: True. Well, that's that's an so, extremely compelling argument.
0: Yeah. And one I mean, that like, I think like about a Like the lust one. I, I made total peace with the fact, and so is my wife. You know, I lust two hundred times a day, and so does the average male, unless he's dead. The only men who aren't lusting a lot are are, are, are the comatose. So, so you know, this is really important. This we should do this as, yeah, as its should. own subject. Uh, and and I, I I commend people to my my course on male sexuality at the dot I don't make big money on this. this; is nothing, but I know how much it affected my brilliant, and you know she's brilliant, my brilliant wife before we married, and it, it has made for such a happier marriage because she understands male sexuality. So it, it never occurred to me that if I lust, what does lust mean? It means that when a man sees an attractive woman, especially if she exposes a fair amount of skin, he has an erotic reaction. That's what it means. That is built into me. God made it. I didn't choose it. On a on a list of things before I was born, gee, I would like to react erotically to uh, countless women in the course of my life. It, it is built into me like I will react to the smell of food if I'm hungry. Asking a man not to have that reaction is like asking a man or a woman. You're very hungry. You smell delicious food, but don't have any desire for it.
1: Why do you think God implanted that in us? I know it's the because that have... I'll Okay, yeah. I've,
0: that I've really worked on. Okay. That Tell I me. have... By the way, let's remember this about why did God make it... Let, let's yes. remember this for a future uh, Dennis and Julie. My dad was an Orthodox Jew, and but he taught me to be very open on sexual matters. He... he You now know what the Shabbat table is to Jews. That's where everything gets talked through. Everything. 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 Yes. Yes. That was my university, my Shabbat table. He would frequently say, I have, he really loved God, my father. He said, I have one question. Why did you make the male sex drive so strong? That, That he would always say that. By partial answer, is that's what gives us our energy. If you met a man who had a very minimal sex drive, I promise you he would not radiate energy, masculinity, etc. i be totally open. That's me. I, I have a ton of energy, as you well know, I, an abnormal amount, and, and I am a very sexual being. And I keep it in check. I am faithful. I've, I've been married before. I was faithful then because that's the vow I take. If you're not going to be faithful, don't get married. Okay? Simple as that. You want to screw around. Every man wants to screw around. But if you can't stop yourself from doing it, just don't get married. Mm-hmm. You can't have both. You can't have the stability of marriage and, and the, the sexual gratification of variety. You have one or the other. Right. Okay? That's the way life works. I made peace with that. But uh, I, I'm telling you that I do believe that, a, that that drive is a big part of my own energy.
1: Well, uh, when I asked the question, I, I, by the way, that was very helpful. I was more so asking it not just with regard to male sexuality, but just with regard to our quote-unquote dark side in general. Maybe there oh, are di-
0: that I don't have an answer to. I think, Well, there are different components uh, yes, to the dark you, that's side. That's correct, but that- you asked about sex. Right. So, listen. Uh, people say, you know, oh, they find it hard to believe in God because of, you know, all, all the unjust suffering in the world. Right. And they're referring to human evil and to natural suffering, earthquakes, cancer, etc., And then the answer, which I've always given, is, look, human evil you blame on humans. I understand blaming God for cancer and earthquakes. Fine. That's a problem. Okay? I agree. But I I have come to believe that given the amount of evil and sadism in the human species, the cruelty that has been so widely uh, exhibited, it's a question vis-a-vis God. Why couldn't you have made a human being, like, just incapable of enjoying, inflicting horrible pain on, on humans right. or even animals. Yeah. Uh, and now, look, I also want to say, when I say I've made peace with my dark side, my dark side is not in that realm. Of course. You know? no, 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 not, not even of course. You, you, you can't know my inner being. But I'm just t- saying... My dark side is uh, is basically in the erotic realm, where where all men's dark side are. But the idea that I want to you know to abuse a child or torture an animal, right. if I did have a desire to torture animals or abuse children, I would be plagued by the fact that I had dark thoughts. I think I think I should have made that clear. I that that. Thank God I, I don't have any of that. And, and so right. I don't have to wrestle with that.
1: We need to talk more about this next time. Why do we have a dark side? And why, why are there Maybe, people who are born with that specific yeah, dark, that, that, a that's really, right. really well, dark side?
0: Our mutual friend, Dr. Marmer, that great psychiatrist, and there are very few great psychiatrists, uh, He uh, he addresses this.
1: I should ask him. Yeah. We should have him on. So
0: I have asked him can a man who yearns for prepubescent children sexually? Right. Can that person be reformed? And he said no. Mm. I mean, that that, doesn't shock me. That's very sad. You tell a man like me, and most men are like me, a prepubescent child is not the object of, of any sexual thought. Period. It, it's, it's you might as well tell me I'm attracted to a lima bean. It, 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 a prepubescent child is a non-sexual being. I mean, it's period. Just, just, just like a tree. Right. But if if you find in them some sexual yearning, I pity you, and I mean it. I'm I'm serious. We, to be cursed with that desire—that that's a curse.
1: This is this is this really should be the subject of our next show because
0: a subject.
1: <laughs> that's true. We should count how many subjects we go through in in one. It's it's incredible.
0: That's true. Yes.
1: Well, you can learn about all the subjects if you go to our social media at Dennis Julie Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Dennis and Julie podcast on Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you next time when we will talk about
0: dark sides,
1: happy sides, everything.
0: That is correct.
1: It's so fun being with you. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you so much for always writing to me. I have, I tell Dennis about, I got an email from an 18 year old uh, freshman at Duke who said that this podcast has influenced her? It's, you
0: have a moral obligation to send this to every young person. Yes, you know.
1: yes, you do. And email me at julie at and julie you can watch it. and you watch can it on watch YouTube. It. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye. And upon the wind is carried
0: over the is in the flames. Bye.